This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a senior leader from Highmark uh, Inc., Highmark Health Insurance. Highmark's the, the sort of brilliant Blue Cross plan, as I always understood it, in the sort of Pennsylvania regional area and more. But Bill will tell us more about it. We're joined by Bill Tothill. Bill's got a fascinating background. He's the Vice President of Market Strategy, ACA and Senior Markets at Highmark Inc. And, and he'll tell us a bit about himself, about Highmark. Then we'll talk about what's going on in this enrollment season, what are the trends we should be watching, and a lot more. Bill, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Yeah, Scott, thanks for the intro, and thanks for having me. Um, so, like you, I found my way to healthcare via law school uh, many years back. I, I graduated from law school in 2009, obviously wanted to be an attorney, and when I got out, it was, if you remember back in 2009, especially if you're in the legal field, it was a pretty tough time to uh, to, to be looking for a legal job. So I, I worked some odd legal jobs for a year or two before eventually finding my way over to the healthcare consulting space um, with, a, with a large national consulting firm. And really by, by more luck than anything, I ended up with my first client um, as Highmark, um, the, the Blue Cross plan that serves most of Pennsylvania, Delaware, West Virginia, and now parts of New York. Um, and I say fortunately because the the role was one that was really well tailored for uh, somebody with with legal training. It was you think back, this was in 2012, and it was between the passing of the Affordable Care Act and the go live date in 2014. And there was a four year gap there because there was a lot of work to be done at health plans to try to figure out how to you know actually operate with these new exchanges and with these new healthcare products and all sorts of new compliance rules. Um, and at the same time, new regulations were coming out seemingly every day, and it was nice to have somebody around like myself with that background. So I, you know, made myself as indispensable as I could there for a while as a consultant, and I eventually joined full-time um, in 2016. And really since then, it's just been a number of different roles in the government healthcare space, you know, primarily in ACA, which is what I grew up on, um, and recently in the Medicare space as well. Um, so, you know, my job market strategy is really about, I say it, it's my job is to know the customers better than anybody else. So we do a lot of work trying to understand what ACA consumers and now Medicare consumers are really looking for in their health plan from their product, from their service, from everything else, and then trying to design solutions that, that fit their needs, you know, make sure that we have the best thing that's out there for them. Fascinating. You must, when, when you look at this, people talk about the percentage of, of coverage that's commercial versus Medicare, Medicaid. What do you see out there today and how does that look and how does that vary for a firm like Highmark that does, in addition to sort of commercial insurance, lots of Medicare Advantage and I assume Medicaid managed care plans too. What's that mix of business they look like in, in general? So, you know, nationally, the last few years have been really since the pandemic and the inception of the public health emergency that went along with it, it's seen a lot of people experience a lot of changes in their healthcare coverage. So, you know, most dear to me with the ACA, we've seen, um, you know, the ACA, this was the ACA's moment in some way, right? Like this was a program that was passed for, to provide insurance coverage for people that were sort of in between other things. And if you think back to the uncertainty back in March and April in 2020, you had a lot of companies saying, you know, I'm, I got to close my doors. I can't offer coverage anymore. We had a lot of people that were out there 
fortunately with the ACA to, to sort of serve as a safety net. So since then, the ACA has grown by 20-ish percent. You know, estimates really vary. It depends on how you measure it, but it's growing and it's, it's growing in the right ways. It's reaching new pockets of consumers, both at the lower end of the income spectrum, as well as recently, you know, a little bit on the higher end. So the ACA is growing. At the same time, Medicaid is really growing. You know, Medicaid obviously is another program that's there as a safety net. And under the public health emergency, Medicaid managed care plans are keeping people on the rolls that might otherwise lapse out. So I think that the estimates nationwide are that Medicaid is also up by about 20% over the last couple of years. In the Medicare Advantage space, you know, that the managed care plans offered by, by companies like Highmark, it's you know, it's not a three-year story. It's a it's a ten-plus year story of growth there. You know, we're seeing national Medicare Advantage penetration increasing by five, six, seven points a year. And so, really, what's what's left out there is traditional commercial coverage. And it's not to say that it's it's shrinking or that it's going anywhere, but really, these other government-sponsored or government-subsidized programs are sort of having their day as we go through something as a society that's that's really difficult. Thank you. And you're the spot where sort of we're at a spot where we're down to the lowest amount ever of uncovered Americans. I think we're about yeah. 92% of people have coverage or something like that yeah. of the 90% who have coverage. I think between Medicaid, Medicare, the ACA, we're probably 50% or more now that's yeah. in total through government programs one way or another. Is that a fair estimate? I think that's right. You're, you're, you're pushing me a little, I think, you know, Medicare between Medicare Advantage and just traditional Medicare, I think is in the 40 plus million. I know Medicaid is now creeping up in the high 70s, 80 million. And the ACA is up from just a few years ago being 11 or 12 million to, you know, pushing 16 uh, million this year. So I think if it's not quite 50, it, it'll, it, it might be there soon if these trends continue. Thank you. And, and then tell us, in addition to sort of um, that, what should people expect this fall in renewal season, enrollment season, in terms of what, what are you seeing in terms of the cost of coverage? I mean, for a family, a, a full family, what I've seen over the years is at least full sort of PPO plans might be eleven, twelve thousand for the family, you know, a thousand a month, twelve thousand a year, something like that. Plus another five, six thousand deductibles. What what are those numbers? What do they look like? And I know they vary greatly, but what what do you see in terms of numbers for coverage for families? And are they going up? And how how, how much so? The total cost of health insurance. Yeah, it it it's you know you mentioned your mileage may vary. It definitely does. It depends on where you are. I know for me as you know somebody that's employed by a large organization, I've seen my uh, my premiums go up each of the last few years. I'm sure most of most of the people listening to this podcast have seen the same. Um, you know, we're seeing a, a increase in prevalence of high deductible health plans as a way to sort of to, to mitigate some of those increases. You know, if you're in the ACA, though, more and more people are enrolling with the help of subsidies. Since the pandemic, there's been some legislation passed that's expanded the availability of subsidies, both you know, increasing the amount that already eligible people get, as well as expanding the eligibility. So, you know, I think of, I got a lot of friends and family, you know, that are decidedly middle income, you know, median income in this country for a household is about $70,000, $71,000. You look back before the pandemic, somebody, you know, family making that money probably didn't qualify for, for uh, assistance on their ACA plan. Now they do. And, and with that, you know, these subsidies, 
bring the cost of coverage down. Our average individual at Highmark on an ACA plan pays between one and two hundred dollars a month per individual. So, you know, your estimates, if you have a family of four, you know, you do the math, that might work out for the the high single digits of thousands. But we're also talking increasingly about really generous plans. You know, the I think the ACA's high watermark from a media perspective dates back to probably 2016, 2017. There was a lot of talk of getting rid of it. There were a lot of really high deductibles back then. The program was going through its, its awkward teenage years. And since then, I think a lot of health plans have rededicated themselves to making these plans more affordable. So I know at Highmark, more than half of our enrollees are, are in plans with $0 deductibles, you know, that have 0 and $5 uh, co-pays to, to see a doctor and have $0 prescriptions. And so, you know, you, it, it depends on where you are, but if you're in the ACA, the chances are you're, you're paying less than you probably thought you were um, based on the way that it's discussed. Well, and your point is well taken that in terms of like the Inflation Reduction Act, some other things right. have really led to improved subsidies for the ACA plans. And so the AC plans, ACA plans to an extent are having another moment, and it's part of the reason why between Medicare, Medicaid expansion and the ACA plans, you know, we're down to this 8% of people without coverage, and, and that's even actually better than that. People say it's probably 3 to 4% that are that are just sort of in, you know, in flux throughout the country that are, you know, that are very hard to find coverage for, but but we've, we've there's been great progress in it. Um, but between government subsidies and other things, more and more ACA enrollment, when you look at Highmark and you're a market strategist, you're a strategy person in addition to ACA person, where is the growth of the big commercial insurers? Is it in some of these Medicare Advantage, ACA plans, other things, or is it in strict commercial business? Where, where is the growth for the big sort of like, you know, we look at, of course, CVS Health, Aetna, United Healthcare become two of the largest six companies in America. Elevance, one of the big, you know, the Anthem plan has become one of the big top 20 companies in America, where's the growth of the different managed care plans? And it may differ per plan. When you look at Highmark, is the growth in the AC and the Medicare Advantage, the Medicaid managed care, or is it commercial insurance? Or is it some of all of, all of it, all, all of the above? Yeah, you know, I, Scott, I go back to, you know, where we started on, on just looking nationally at, at where people are falling now. Increasingly, people are falling outside of that traditional employer-sponsored space. And so it's, I, I think it would be crazy to suggest that employer-sponsored insurance is, is going anywhere. It's a it's an absolute you know it's a key backbone of our economy, like it or not. Um, but on a percentage basis, you're seeing more people in these other programs, and so I think you're seeing. You mentioned CBS Health. I know that they've really committed to Medicare Advantage over the last several years. I know other plans, Centene, you know, does really well with Medicaid managed care across the country. So you know, for Highmark. Our we 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 have a budding Medicaid practice, um, and we've been in ACA and in Medicare Advantage for as long as as anybody. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of plans left the ACA marketplace in in the 2010s. Uh, Highmark is a blue state in there. You know, Medicare Advantage dating back to its inception, Highmark was there. So for us, we're seeing higher rates of growth in those government-sponsored spaces. While at the same time, making sure that you know most of the lives on our platform, most of the lives that Highmark covers are commercial, and so we can't forget about that. 
And, and take a moment on this question, Bill. You made the transition. You went to WashU, magnificent top ten law school in the country. Uh, ultimately, ended up in, in in the business world, the management leadership world. How happy are you that you're not at a large law firm billing hours and that you're doing something that you find much more interesting? How happy are you about that choice now in hindsight? Oh, I, I don't need to spend a lot of time ruminating on that question. Um, I, I think about it a lot. I, I joke with some of my law school friends. Uh, you know, that there's not too many of them that still have full heads of hair uh, and that still wear the same, same size pants. I know the the uh, law firm life is, is, is challenging for a lot of people. Um, you know, it, it, for me, it's just a lesson in like, make make the most of things. You know, there was a time there, I, it was really hard to graduate from a school that, um, you know, I thought would set me up for, for one thing. And then, you know, for factors, some some out of my control with the macro economy being being where it was, having to uh, sort of make lemonade out of it, and and I I really enjoy what I do here. You know, I think this being around for the launch of a really a new market in in, in the ACA. You know, getting in in 2012 before it even even hit the streets in 2014, being around to read all those regulations and think through those questions for the first time. You know, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity to uh, become an expert in something really fast. You know, it takes a lot of people 10, 20 years to catch up uh, to everybody else at the job, you know, just because there's so much institutional knowledge. The ACA was so new that, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate that the, the dice rolled the way that they did. And I got to get in here and contribute the way that I have. And Highmark's been uh, an excellent employer for the last almost 10 years. And so you said two different things that just fascinate me, quite frankly. The first is, is well, I'll go back to the thing you said later that, I, that I'll talk about first, is the ACA has now been sort of in the game for 12 years now. And your point was, look, the first three or four years of getting it set up, and, and it's sort of now past its infancy into a real thing. Like there's certainly plenty of time when, you know, for a period of time, President Trump wanted to get rid of it, but maybe really didn't want to get rid of it, but it was fun political hate for him. But now it's sort of stabilized. It doesn't seem like anybody's getting rid of it. I mean, it just doesn't seem that way. We've gotten to a spot where 90% of people have coverage. Taking that back, getting rid of it, does not seem to be a popular issue. Even if the Republicans won the House, the Senate, the, the presidency, that doesn't seem like something they really want to go after at this point in time, unless it's President Trump. It seems like nobody else really wants to target that as a core issue. So that's sort of fascinating. You're through 12 years of it. Something you said about life, about life, I thought was fascinating. You mentioned that. The loss of here, the the expanding waistline, and how important it is in life to be able to maintain this physical and mental health and balance, and, and be able to, you know, one of the great phrases is health is wasted on the young or something of that sort, and or people don't really appreciate it when they're young. But your point is so well taken about physical and mental health. You said it in a different way. Any thoughts on those? The AC getting past its infancy, and, and the importance of watching one's physical and mental health for the long run. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the ACA item. You know, I having been here for all of these years, all of these Supreme Court challenges, all of these executive orders, all of these, you know, late Friday meetings and work through the weekend uh, to decipher, you know, what what kind of regulation was coming via tweet for a couple of years. It's just really rewarding to see it. Um, survive all that and to, you know, you said it as well, to kind of have its moment here these last few years. I think it's entirely reasonable for people to discuss 
exactly how perfect it is and, and the things that we can still be working on. But um, I think it is through its really existential crises. I knock on wood as I say that. Uh, you know, I certainly don't welcome further uh, legislative or regulatory or judicial challenges. Um, but it, it's matured into something that I think getting the political side of it, you know, increasingly representatives uh, and, and other public officials, you know, they look around in their lives and they see people that have been helped by this program, that it's not just, I think, you know, in some people's minds, this is a, a, a program for, for poor people or for rural people or for, you know, for somebody other than them. It's not, you know, I, Pennsylvania is an amazingly diverse state. You know, we, we're punctuated by a couple of big cities and we have a lot of rural areas in between. And the ACA has been a great program all over that, that footprint. So I think to your point, you know, when, when we saw that maybe the last existential crisis in 2017, when there was a lot of talk of repeal and replace, although there was never much of a replace, um, you know, there were a lot of people that showed up at those town hall meetings and, and said, I, I want this, I, I want to keep it. So I, I, I hope that we're entering a more mature phase for this program, just because I, I, I hear the calls, you know, I, and I see the people that are that are positively impacted by it. Thank you. Fascinating. I'm going to let you continue. Uh, on the on, on the health thing, you know, I, I really just from from personal experience, you know, the, the, the physical side of it, as somebody that didn't prioritize that, certainly uh, when I was younger, I think, you know, it, it's easy when you're younger just because things when things break, they, they eventually fix. And then you wake up one day and, and your back hurts and it, it doesn't fix itself automatically. And you kind of have to enter a new phase. It's, it's been extremely important for me. I, I know I perform my best when I'm when I'm uh, treating my body well. And I think, you know, the, the mental health thing, too. You know, I was just we, we talk a lot about it at, at, at Highmark and everybody sees the stats. You know, we saw yesterday 33 percent of adults report anxiety or depression symptoms as of June of 22, which is up threefold just in the last five years. You know, it's, it's a lot of people are dealing with a lot of things right now that have you know, either been personally impacted by COVID, you know, their health, a loved one's health or you know, it's, it's kind of a first world problem, but I know the, the a lot of people used to work in offices where they got a lot of social contact, they got a lot of interaction, they had a community there. Um, and work from home has been, been an adjustment for a lot of people too, and especially in white collar professions. And I know that, that we're seeing some some impacts there. So, you know, I, everybody's gonna have their own situation and, and their own method of addressing it, but particularly on mental health, I, I second, you know, your your comment that it, it it's really it's the foundation of everything and, and you, you can't look past it. Bill, what a pleasure to visit with you today. Thank you so much for uh, for joining. I had a chance to visit WashU where you went to law school. What a magnificent place. And 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 thank you for taking the time with us today. And we've got uh, one of the close, close family members going to Wayne State so we could, we could relate to both schools. So thank you so much for joining us. And, and what a great perspective on what's going with the ACA and, and Highmark and everything else. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Scott. Appreciate it.